Hello, welcome to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. Grab your Bible and listen to God's voice through our anointed Pentecostal holiness ministers as they deliver the burning message on their hearts. Thank you for your support. house of the Lord this morning. Amen. So grateful for the opportunity. want to thank Brother Horton for the honor and the privilege to get to preach here. And uh, I don't consider myself the most qualified. I look out and I see plenty of other preachers that have been preaching longer. But I um, know the Lord has dealt with me about something. I want to preach that. I do want to mention before I get started preaching that uh, Brother Miller, my pastor, also my grandfather-in-law, uh, he had called me this morning, and he was planning to start out towards the camp meeting today, him and Sister Miller, but she had had a, some health issues during the night that made it where she couldn't get any sleep at all, hardly, and so she wasn't able to feel like traveling today, so they're hoping that the Lord will touch her, and if y'all will be praying for her, I know they'd appreciate that, and that tomorrow morning they'll get to leave to head this way, but wanted to mention that. I know we'd had several people asking me and Chelsea about when are they going to be here, and uh, they're hoping to get to be here sometime now on Thursday. So wanted to just mention that. Again, so thankful for the opportunity to preach this morning, thankful for my family, um, for my wife and my three kids, and just excited to be here in service, looking forward to hearing Brother Milliken. So I don't want to take up too much of your time this morning, because uh, I love to hear uh, the Milliken family, whether it's singing or preaching, and they do just such a wonderful job. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, I'm going to read out of three chapters, a few verses out of each one. If you want to turn to Jeremiah chapter number 42, I'm going to read a little bit out of chapter 42, 43, and 44, talking here about after Jerusalem has been destroyed by the Babylonians, and there's a small group of Israelites still left there that had been left by the king of Babylon. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter number 42, starting in verse number 1, then all the captains of the forces, and Johanan the son of Korea, and uh, Jazani the son of Hoshea, and all the people from the least even unto the greatest came near, and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let we beseech thee our supplication be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many, as thine eyes do behold us. That the Lord thy God may shew us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it unto you. And I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, The Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not even according to all the things for the which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. 
Then if you would turn to chapter number 43, the second verse, the Bible says, Then spake Azariah the son of Hoshiah and Johanan the son of Korea and all the proud man, saying unto Jeremiah, Thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, Go not into Egypt to sojourn there. But Barak the son of Neriah setteth thee on against us for to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans that they may put us to death and carry us away captives into Babylon. Then the 44th chapter, verse number 15, the Bible says, Then all the men which knew their wives had burned incense unto other gods, and all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt, in Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us, in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done we and our fathers, our kings, our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by famine and when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink drink offerings unto her without our men and if you just stretch your hands one more time this way let's just pray the Lord would have his way in the service Lord we thank you for the opportunity to gather here in your name Lord we thank you God for, for the wonderful services we've been having Lord would you just continue to move and deal with our hearts and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus name Amen and amen. And for just a little while here this morning, I want to preach on God, I refuse to listen. And uh, I, I really uh, was struggling with whether to preach this or not. I, I, I uh, didn't necessarily want to, but I felt Monday night the Lord just laying these scriptures on my heart. And I, I told him that if he'd give me an opportunity to preach and he didn't change things on me, that's I would be willing to preach this. But I want to preach, like I said, on God I refuse to listen. And when we look here in the chapters that I read, and, and for sake of time I didn't read the whole chapter, but it's a very uh, sad story that we we see that right before these uh, scriptures that the kingdom of Israel, well the kingdom of Judah that is, had just been completely taken into captivity by the Babylonians. They had came to Jerusalem and destroyed the city and, and they had carried away the vast majority of the people of Judah away or they had been killed with the sword the Bible says. But the king Nebuchadnezzar left the very poorest of the land to care for the land, to, to be there to make sure the land didn't go to waste and he left that very small remnant of the Jewish people there in Judah. And he set a man by the name of Gedaliah over those people and appointed him governor. Well, there was another person by the name of Ishmael, and I don't have time to get into a whole lot of the story, but he didn't like the fact that Gedaliah was approved by the Babylonians, that he supported the king of Babylon, so he killed Gedaliah. And the children of Israel that were still there in the land, all the Jews, they were afraid 
because they didn't want to face the reprisal of the Babylonians after the man that had been appointed governor over them had been killed. So they all gather together and they get with Jeremiah and they and they tell Jeremiah, would you would you please go before the Lord for us? Would you please ask God what we should do? Would you would you please find the will of God for us as a people? And they made a promise with Jeremiah that no matter what God said, they would obey the voice of the Lord. But there was a problem with their promise. And the problem was they had really already made up their mind what they should do. They thought that if we go tell Jeremiah to pray for us, then God's just going to confirm what we think is best. God will let Jeremiah tell us that, hey, go into the land of Egypt and hide from the Babylonians. And that will all work out good. And that will be what you need to do. But that wasn't God's will. They, they had their minds already made up, but they wanted Jeremiah to just confirm it. They were not really seeking after God, but rather just seeking his approval on their predetermined plans. They knew what they wanted to hear from the Lord, and they refused to accept anything else. And, you know, we sometimes think, well, I would never do that. I would never act that way with God. I would never tell God that I refuse to listen when he speaks to us. But many times we'll find ourselves in hard situations that are bigger than what we can handle. So we start to seek the will of God. But just like the Israelites, we get a little bit nervous. We get to wondering, well, what if it takes too long? And what if God doesn't answer right away? I need to make my own plans. I need to have a backup plan, so to speak. And so we start doing that. And that backup plan starts looking better and better and better like it's the only way that things are going to work out. Until when God tries to speak, you've already made up your mind, I'm going with this plan. And there's times that we come to church and we hear preaching, we hear testimonies, and we don't let it really sink in because we're thinking, no, that's not what I really want. No, God's got something else for me that I want to hear. And we start refusing to listen to God. But what happens when God tells us something to do and we really don't want to hear it? For the Israelites, their first response was they refused to believe that it was really God talking. They said, oh, that's just Jeremiah. You're not really sent from the Lord, Jeremiah. We don't want to listen to you. They said, thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee. And I've been in many great church services where I felt the Lord dealing with me. And I've seen the Lord dealing with other people. And you see the message of the Lord go out. And people start hardening their hearts to that message. Because it's not what they wanted to hear. And as soon as the service is ended, almost before we can even make it out the doors, there's time that in our hearts and in our minds we begin to question, was that really God or not? Maybe that was just an emotion that I felt that I don't really need to pay attention to. Maybe that was just a good idea of something that would be okay to do, but I don't really have to do. But when God speaks to us, no matter how big or no matter how small it seems, we have to listen to the voice of God. 
one thing that the past few months that the Lord's been dealing with me along this way that's really been on my heart is when you look at the scripture, the very first words recorded in the Bible that the devil ever said. And I know if you go, and I believe it's Ezekiel or Isaiah, it talks about how he exalted himself. But I'm talking about in Genesis, the very first words after creation that the devil ever said to tempt somebody, that the devil ever said to try to confuse someone, was when he was talking with Eve in the garden in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto to the woman yea hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden yea hath God said did he really mean that do you really have to do that and it's a very dangerous thing when God has spoken and we start to question was that really the Lord did he really mean all of that or, or, or maybe that was just me wanting to do something on my own well, when you think about it, the devil's never going to tell you to serve the Lord. The devil's never going to tell you to do something difficult for God. And your own flesh doesn't want to do that either. So when God starts speaking, and it seems difficult, and it seems hard, why is it that so many times we start wondering, God, was that really you? There's not another option that it could be in those situations. But we'll talk ourselves out of believing that it was really God. And we'll start questioning whether what the preacher said, oh, was that really from God? Or maybe that was just his own opinion. Maybe that was just his own belief. But if you start questioning the preacher, before long you'll start questioning the Bible. And you'll start looking for things that, oh, well, that's not really relevant anymore. You know, that was just in the Old Testament. That was just under the law. And you'll ignore all the principles in the New Testament that reaffirm it and confirm it. And when you actually look at Jesus, his law that he talks about in the New Testament is a lot harder than the Old Testament. But the good news is he gives us the power to live it through the Holy Ghost. But there is a serious danger when it comes to questioning God. Because it never stops with just questioning. Because questions so easily turn into doubt. And then doubt turns into unbelief. And then unbelief leads to disappointment and bitterness. And bitterness leads towards hatred. And it all starts... With that wrong question of did God really say that? Did God really mean that? That's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, quench not the spirit. Don't question God when he's dealing with you. Don't push him away. Don't tell him I don't want to do that. Don't tell him I'm not going to listen. But yield to the voice of God. Because we see a very dangerous progression in the hearts of these Jewish people as they're talking with Jeremiah. In chapter number 42, they think that they want to hear from God. They think that, that oh, we're going to serve Him. We've got a desire. Whatever He says to do, we'll do it. But then in, in chapter number 43, that turns into, oh no, let's question God. 
Because we didn't get the answer we wanted from God. So now in chapter number 43, their willingness to serve God turns into a questioning of God and a questioning of God's man that was sent to them because they don't believe the prophet Jeremiah. And then, much to their surprise, Jeremiah doesn't change his message. He keeps on pronouncing that if you do this, if you go into Egypt, if you don't listen to God, it is not going to end well. And you would have thought maybe they'd start listening. But instead they hardened their heart even more. Until in verse number 44, the Bible talks about how the people refuse to listen to God. And they totally reject the God of Israel. Saying that they should go back to worshiping idols. Because things were better for them back when they were serving idols. They had plenty to eat. They had houses to live in when we were serving the queen of heaven is what they said. And in verse number 16 of chapter 44, they say, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us, in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. At least they're being honest now. They're admitting, we know this is from God, but we're still not going to listen. And I felt like there's been times when there's people in church, it might do them good to at least be honest. Because they'll sit through service after service, move of God after move of God, a move of the Holy Ghost like we had last night. And they leave unchanged. And they leave just the same, if not worse than when they came. Because they're refusing to listen. And at least the children of Israel here in chapter number 44 were willing to admit, we know it's God, but we're still not going to listen. Although that's a very dangerous thing to say. To know that God is speaking to you. To know that God is dealing with you. And to willingly choose that, that you can come and be in service. That you can come to a camp meeting and be here almost all week long. And leave the same way as when you came. It's something that will not end well. That's what the children of Israel did. They refused to listen to God. And the problem or the danger is when you refuse to listen to God, He will eventually give you what you want. It goes on in chapter number 44, verse number 25. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hand, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. So they had made a promise. We're going to do this. We're going to serve idols again. And here's where the part that terrifies me for people that have this attitude. It says, ye will surely accomplish your vows and surely perform your vows. God told them, you said you're going to do it and I'm going to let you. There's going to be no escape from it. If you don't listen to the voice of God, if you stand flat-footed and say, God, I refuse to listen... 
God will say, fine, you can have it your own way. And there won't be any escape from the way that you put before yourself. It says in verse number 26, Therefore hear ye the word of the Lord, all Judah that dwell in the land of Egypt, because now they've already went down. They've already started living there. Behold, I have sworn by my great name, saith the Lord, that my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying the Lord God. God liveth. They made a promise to God that they would not listen. And God made a promise to them that they would not want to listen. They would not be able to listen. And in fact, they would not even be able to name that name of the Lord. And how sad it would be to come to a camp meeting and be exposed to move of God after move of God. And to have God talking, to have God speaking, and to just say, Lord, I refuse to listen. And God say, okay. And I refuse to deal with you anymore. You won't name my name again. You won't fill me again. I want to ask a question. Has God spoken to you this week? There's a lot of times we say, oh, God doesn't speak like he did in the Old Testament anymore. We don't hear the booming voice. We don't hear the thunder of God in that way. But God speaks to our hearts all the time, dealing with us, convicting us, causing us to feel our need to draw closer to him. But do we listen to that voice of God? I want to end on a hopeful note here this morning as I quickly wrap this up. In Daniel chapter number 1, verse number 8. We know the story of Daniel very well. He's been carried away into captivity into Babylon. He's surrounded by wickedness. He's surrounded by evil. But the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Daniel made a choice. I don't read anything in this scripture about a loud booming voice that comes down from heaven and says, Daniel, do this. But there was something in Daniel's heart that recognized, I need to listen to the voice of God as it's softly calling to me and pricking my heart. And I need to do what God says. Even though it's not an easy choice, there wasn't another option given of what to eat or what to drink. And everybody else was doing it. Sure. God doesn't expect me to do that yes he did God expected Daniel to listen to that voice and he expects us to as well but the thing is that decision to listen to the voice of God changed Daniel's life he didn't question God but he listened to his voice and his voice got louder and louder in Daniel's life as you read through the book of Daniel and you see time after time of how God moved and worked in Daniel's life because Daniel chose to listen to the voice of God even when it wasn't easy even when it didn't look like there was another way when it would have been a lot simpler to just done what everybody else did and eat the king's meat Daniel said no I'll listen to that soft voice of God and you can read on throughout the book of Daniel where that voice got louder and louder as God used Daniel in a mighty way so here this morning I just want to ask one final question as I close God wants to speak to you but will you listen or refuse to hear from God. Hi, thank you for listening to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. We hope this sermon encouraged you. If you would like to send us audio sermons to be played on the podcast or put on our website, 
please contact us. You can send us an email at hpoministries at gmail.com. Please tell your friends and family about our podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Once again, thanks for your support. May God richly bless you.